0: It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, July 21st, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is gonna do a draft class rewind to 2019.
1: Taking it way back.
0: Plus we're gonna talk about why the Morgan Frost contract isn't done yet and get into some other Flyers news all on today's show.
1: Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey there. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. Uh, We are also as a show on Instagram and threads at Locked On Flyers. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, we've got little dribs and drabs of summer flyers news to talk about. Uh, former flyer Nate Thompson announced his retirement kind of unceremoniously, but he uh, Kind of knew it would be coming pretty soon for him, if not this year, but uh just a real good guy. Good to have him on the Flyers. So best wishes to him.
1: Yeah. Good teammate. Good guy. I, I wish him congratulations online. I, I, I'm happy for him. Happy that he's, you know, healthy.
0: Looking at just a few former Flyers prospects that have found new homes elsewhere. God, this sounds like animal adoption, but it is not They're a- human beings who are uh, now signed elsewhere, but glad to see that their hockey careers are continuing. Uh, Connor McLennan and Isaac Ratcliffe are going to be together on the Chicago Wolves next season in the AHL. And that is a powerhouse team year in and year out. And Connor McLennan um, and Ratcliffe are going to be a great addition there.
1: It, they are. Um, this is You know, I I wouldn't say an all-star team with Chicago, but they're independent and they always look for guys that are on the cusp of being NHLers so they can be very competitive because they do sell tickets there. It's a very popular team. And so I'm happy for these guys because this is going to be like a pro environment for them and still it's a way for them to still further their careers. Both of them, you know, have different talents. I think McLennan's probably got a little bit better chance these days of making it to the NHL. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for both.
0: Uh, Wyatt Wiley signed a one year deal with the Ontario Rain, which is the LA Kings affiliate in the AHL. And Ryan Fitzgerald signed a, a one year deal with the Utica Comets in the AHL. So we'll be seeing them um, around the Phantoms. Well, at least Ryan Fitzgerald, yep. we will, because uh, the, the Phantoms do play Utica. Right. Uh, Another weird bit of news around a Flyers prospect. Uh, We have talked about Alex Bump, uh, talked about him a lot recently with Development Camp and he uh, is an attendee at University of Vermont who just fired their head coach, Todd Woodcroft, who'd been there for a long time um, and was one of the selling points of that program. There were some inappropriate text messages with a student uh, according to the statement announcing his firing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens at Vermont and if Alex Bump changes his development path because of it.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate for Bump. Uh, I don't know if he's going to still want to go there. If he doesn't, I don't know if it's too late to to back out. It's a whole complicated thing with the NCAA transfer portal. So he might just go there and see how the new coach is. Uh, that's probably what's going to happen. But you feel bad because it's not exactly going to plan now, and but you know the school had to do what they had to do, and we'll just keep an eye on bump. He, it, it's still not bad that he's going to be the big fish in a smaller pond. I, I I'm still okay with that with the you know amount of time ice right. time he would get and such.
0: Exactly. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on that in terms of uh, if anything changes with Alex Bump and what his decisions are i think you know the biggest question we have right now for the current flyers um, in in terms of outstanding things is uh what's going on with the morgan frost contract and you know we had talked uh, at the beginning of the week that we thought this this contract would be dealt with by the end of this week with the tony d'angelo buyout behind us Uh, we haven't heard anything as of thursday afternoon recording now they could come out with it sometime later today or Um, on Friday, but I I am a little concerned, like, why are these negotiations taking so long?
1: Well, I think one thing is like, when you look at their projected cap space, it's just under 3 million bucks and he's going to make more than that. And so the, the question is what else has to happen here to fit in his contract? Do they have to wait until the season starts? So the LTIR for Ryan Ellis kicks in. I don't think he's going to accept 2.9. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's not. Mm -hmm. And I think they're probably trying to carve out maybe like a four-year deal. I think that may be what's taking longer too, is I think they may be trying to keep down the AAV. So, you know, give him more years. My guess is that's what's going on. But again, without being a capologist, I don't know what the, uh, the easy answer is here to find this money.
0: You know, I think that they probably do have the money considering the cap overage that they're allowed, um, you know, before the LTIR kicks in for sure for but, Ellis, but they could be negotiating, you know, what are the performance incentives, like all of that, they could put them right. over a certain threshold here. And, and that may be what's going on.
1: Well, the thing is the LT, from what I understand that the overage for the summer cap goes until I think training camp starts, but I, I, and I could be wrong. I'm not sure the exact date of when like Ryan Ellis's LTIR kicks in, but I'm pretty sure it's like after camp, not a hundred percent on that. So that's where there's a little bit of a issue, I think, but maybe not, maybe you're right. Maybe the overage runs into the LTIR and they are just negotiating years. My guess is they're negotiating years. Um, yeah. cause if it was a one-year deal, I think it would be done already.
0: Yeah, I think so too. It could be, you know, is this like a two-year deal or is this a four-year deal? Something like that. Yeah, I that. think, I
1: think it's going to be like a four-year deal. I do.
0: So hopefully by the time you're hearing this, we have a deal that is done, but, uh, if not, uh, it's something to definitely keep an eye on, um, One of the other things that we wanted to talk about today is the poll results from our first summer poll that we did. Uh, We posted it up over on YouTube on Monday and got a lot of responses. Thank you Yeah, I like poll
1: results. I do. It gets me excited.
0: Yeah. And this is directly related to our draft class rewind that we're Mm -hmm. talking about today where we asked, you know, who's going to take the biggest step forward this season? Uh, two of the four options that we put up there are from the 2019 draft class. Uh, So we had Cam York, Bobby Brink, Owen Tippett, and Tyson Forrester. The overwhelm well, I wouldn't say overwhelming, but the definite winner was Tyson Forrester with 41%. Cam York had 31%, Owen Tippett 22%, and Bobby Brink was 6%. So I think that, you know, Cam York and, and there was a, a couple comments to this effect will get the most minutes by virtue of being a defenseman. Um, right. And because of the blue line, he's going to be relied on a lot more than maybe he would have on a different team right now. But I, I do think that um, it is an interesting result that um, maybe Owen Tippett took that step forward this past season so he can only incrementally improve so much. And that's what people are thinking. Um, But that Tyson Forster was definitely the winner of this poll.
1: Yeah, no question he's the winner. I think when this show um, airs, I'll try and dig up. I have a picture of Owen Tippett in shorts when he was getting interviewed on a boat. We were interviewing prospects. Yeah. In Chicago, we were like on the, you know, on the river there. And we were interviewing prospects on a boat. And so it's kind of interesting. And so I'll um, I'll see if I could dig that one up for uh, Owen because it was it, it's a funny picture. So we'll see if I could find it. But yeah, I, I'm not you know I'm not surprised that it's Forster because you know people see the shot, they know he's a big guy. He's um, his skating has improved. So there, you know, I I think you know there's going to be a little bit of hype with Tyson Forster. The coach certainly likes him, so that's you know he's helped hype him up a little bit. But now it's up to him, you know, so now we'll see how he comes in the camp and how he deals with all that.
0: Yeah, I think you're spot on there. Uh, In the meantime, we do have the 2019 draft class to talk about. Uh, We're going to start off with that first round pick, Cam York. Then we'll talk Bobby Brink, the second round pick. We've got Ronnie Adder, Mason Milliman, Bryce Brodzinski, and more to talk about. We'll do that coming up next.
1: Take your first swing at betting MLB on Fanduel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you could spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus... When you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than Fanduel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to get up to two hundred dollars in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash lockdown. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball.
0: We're gonna have so much more summer content coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're hoping to get some good guests for you, as well as maybe digging into some more draft classes and getting us all ready for next season. Uh, Speaking of that 2019 draft class, um, I think, you know, at the time, this, this was, I think, a difficult draft for Flyers fans mostly because of the Cam York. Oh, yeah. And I think we appreciate Cam York and that pick a little bit more now than we did at the time, but still probably would have said we we would have taken Cole Caulfield instead, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no question about that. Uh, I think think the misdetermination by the Flyers here is I think they thought York had a chance of being a top-pairing defenseman, and I think we could see now that that's probably remote. Uh, still, it's going to be good. It's going to be a second pairing, really good defenseman in this league. Now the question is, how much offense will he bring? That's really going to be the next question. Either way, he's a solid defenseman and you're always going to need him. But I think the the arc on him maybe isn't as high as it was at that draft.
0: Yeah, I I think so as well. But again, love him. And I'm really looking forward to this season and seeing Uh, you know, along with the 31% of our listeners who voted for him taking a big step forward. um, Hopefully he does that very thing. I think, you know, again, looking at this draft class as a whole, um, other than that little sour point of the first round prick, I think, you know, for Chuck Fletcher, it was his first draft class with the Flyers. And I think that um, it, it was a real, I would say, above average draft. It was not stellar, but I think that, you know, there were some gems in there. Um, yeah, they were. You know, I, I think that overall did a pretty solid job considering that four of the seven are with the, or signed with the flyers and a fifth, it remains to be determined. I think that's a pretty good marker.
1: Yeah. See my markers a little, my grading's a little harder because to me, you've got to put in a certain amount of NHL time and, and we're still projecting on these guys, but uh, yeah. right now uh, I think a lot of it hinges on Brink and Adder. If neither of those two really materialize for, let's say, 100 NHL games and York's just it, it's not going to look great. If Brink and Adderd can, can become NHL regulars, hey, that's great. Then you might say it's above average. If just Adderd makes it, then I'd say it's just, you know, it's a good draft but not a great draft. So that's, I think, where everything kind of, you know, rides right now for me.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, at the time, Bobby Brink was seen as a bit of a steal for the Flyers. Uh, He had dropped to the second round. um, And I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, thought the Flyers were lucky to get him, that there were some question marks there, but that he he was a a really good prospect. Ronnie Adderd, I think, you know, people thought at the time that the pick was solid, but he was maybe lesser known. and you know, why are you going for a guy of that type in the third round? Right.
1: Yeah. So I remember, I think that was about the time, um, maybe a year before, maybe that was when I started writing more for, um, EP ringside. And I remember JD Burke, who's the uh, editor there said to me, he looked at my, at my list and he said, wow, you have Ronnie Adder ranked as a first round talent. That's really bold. And, and the only reason I bring that up is because I looked at you know what his intangibles were the size the shot he was an overager so i knew that it would take him a little longer which he acknowledged was the best path for him like a year ago in camp uh he even said that to me and you know so far so good i even even if he doesn't start up at the nhl this year it's fine i you know i just want that little uptick in his skating and i think everything else is there so that's where I I say and I'm not saying this because I had him. I'm just saying that's right. where it's good scouting, simply because now I think he was at Western Michigan and I think that was a Terry Murray team still. Maybe he was still there or at least knew of him. It was one or the other, you know. So I think that's what helped them too
0: yeah i think that's fair um and and i do think given you know the exposure that he has had to the flyers level a little bit is has been good for him um but that he's really doing the bulk of his development with lehigh valley as is appropriate i think this season um he definitely took you know a, a significant step forward in his development but he doesn't have to be 100% yeah. there yet and as we've talked about with defensemen it's a longer development path so i
1: think yeah it was andy murray not not terry murray i you know the murray's
0: (laughs) that's fine um i think that um it's just that he's where he needs to be in his development path right now he's exactly
1: where he needs to be like honestly yeah this is it's all fine i fully expected him to, I I forget his age. I know he's older. I want to say he's maybe 24 or something like that. I fully expected him to be like an NHL or like maybe at like 25.
0: So, and for a third round pick defenseman, I think that's spot on. So I'm, I'm still very pleased with that pick and where we're going. Um, going back to Bobby Brink in the second round a little bit, I think the injury thing was definitely, you know, a bump in the road that maybe, We didn't 100% expect. I think the possibility was there, but um, especially given his success in Denver, I think there was a lot more hype about him than maybe like we should have tempered expectations just a little bit. Uh, But between his his success with Denver and his time on the World Junior team, I think that um, we really needed to do a little bit more of a reset uh in terms of his development path once he hit the pros and then with the injury thrown in um i really think this upcoming year is going to be huge for him because it'll be the first full year of him at the ahl level
1: right so i did do a lot of digging on on bobby brink i knew him as a player but i also and i can't remember i would certainly give credit to someone that got me looking at the way he plays And the way that he would get injured, Uh, because I knew he would get injured, but I didn't know really, I didn't have a good feeling as to why he was getting injured. And he's a guy that will just put his body in, you know, in reckless places because he's fearless, because that's kind of hockey player he is. And I think he's doing a little bit less of that now, like the hip wasn't because of that. But I knew that there was a risk he could be an injured player at times because of the way he played. So um, I knew about that. I knew about the bad skating, like the bad skating was there. Uh, And so the skating now, while um, here's the thing about skating, you could, you could mask some bad um, skating style with figuring out how to get faster. And so Brink has figured out how to get faster, but then when you see him uh, on shifts, you realize, okay, the edge work just isn't there. Like there's, his skating just—it's, you know, kind of ugly at times. Now that doesn't mean he can't make the NHL like that, because people said similar things about Tyler Toffoli, and we brought him up, mm-hmm. and there's other players too. But you have to really be that top-notch of an offensive player to be able to to get away with it. So that's kind of like where it has to fall for him, unless he figures out that other part of his skating, right? And that's so that's where he's at right now. He's got obviously he's got offensive skills and and there is a pretty high skill level there and he's able to play with higher skill level players than even himself but it's the other things that might hold him back
0: right and so i think overall for me i wouldn't say he's behind but i would say he has to maintain this progress this year otherwise he will be behind
1: yes that's true yeah i'm with you on that
0: Yeah. So big year for Bobby Brink. Uh, There were other selections in that draft. We have four more picks to get to, and we will do that coming up next. Continuing our 2019 Flyers Draft Rewind, um, the fourth round pick, one of Russ's favorites. We talk about him probably more than you would a a typical fourth round draft pick, but Mason Millman. um, We we talked about him a lot pretty recently, uh, just talking about development camp because he was there. And, you know, what is his role going to look like on the Phantoms? But for a fourth round pick, you know. He did get signed. He's got the ELC. He has hung around, um, spent some time in Reading, but hopefully this is maybe the year he sticks with the Phantoms.
1: Yeah. yeah. hope because I still think there's something there where uh, maybe he could, you know, show everybody a little something, including the Flyers who are probably like mid on him right now, as far as where he's at, but he's still only 22. Right. I mean, we're not, we're not talking about an over the hill player here. So and again, I I saw him live, which was an edge that a lot of people didn't get because shortly after seeing him live, the whole world shut down with COVID. So, you know, that was a benefit for me to see and see how he was on the power play, see how he was playing defense and also getting the word of, you know, some pretty high, you know, NHLers now who were teammates that that really felt like he improved their game at times. So I knew there was a package there that could maybe do something someday. And I still think there's a chance of that.
0: Yeah. And I think this year, I mean, obviously he's in the last year of his ELC. So this is it for him. Yes. Uh, He's got to show it. Yep. Um, No fifth round pick. Uh, Two sixth round picks, uh, Agar Saduk, and Roddy Ross both of whom were remained unsigned and their rights were terminated in 2021. So not much going on there for the Flyers. But did either of those situations surprise you?
1: No. I mean, I remember Ross was, I think he was the backup to Carter Hart. And so they were buddies. And so it was, it wasn't a bad pick to get him because he was decent with Seattle. And it just, you know, it hasn't worked out. And that's fine
0: for the seventh round pick. This is one of the most interesting picks in the draft for the Flyers and Bryce Brzezinski, because he obviously picked so late in the draft, but then kind of kicked into gear at the University of Minnesota and really has wowed a lot of people there. Um, He is doing a fifth year at Minnesota because he can with that COVID extra year of eligibility. Um, This past season, you know, they lost in the Frozen Four final to Quinnipiac and a bunch of the guys decided to come back, I think, to really just say we can't end our careers on that note. Um, I think Logan Cooley is one of them as well. And so I think that, you know, he is not signed, but I think the Flyers still retain his rights as of now.
1: Yeah, I think that is the case. Yeah, there's a little something there. I mean, we've seen it, and and his brother has shown it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. I can't predict. I, I just don't know.
0: Yeah, he spent most of his time on on the second line for Minnesota, and you know, for a program like that to get those kind of minutes um, yeah. as as a seventh round draft pick, I think is is pretty impressive. And he did play well. In this uh, Frozen Four tournament this past year, we talked about him a lot when we were covering it, and so I do think there's still potential here. It's just a matter of will the timing work out, and will the the new regime with the Flyers want to continue to keep him in the system?
1: You know, the whole flying the ointment thing here is that he got that extra eligibility. Yeah. Uh, And so I think I think what happens with this is I think come August if the Flyers don't have him signed, then he's one of those college free agents. Oh, no, wait, sorry. Yeah, actually, so he's going to head into his fifth year of eligibility. Mm -hmm. This year, I I made a mistake there. I thought he already had that. So yeah, he's got a little time. Yeah, he's got a little time.
0: Yeah, we have until next summer, I think, because yeah, I misunderstood that 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 fifth year of eligibility. So uh, we'll see what happens with him. Um, But again, you know, a real solid player who's made uh, significant progress over the past several years and and really has stood stood out on an in an impressive program overall. Yes. Um, Any other uh, final notes on the 2019 draft class and expectations?
1: Nope. Nope. That's as much as I really like to talk about it, knowing that it takes like five years to really judge it.
0: Yeah, uh, we've got an interesting year ahead for these guys that are still in the Flyers organization. Um, Our Flyers fun thing, a little rewind to the video of Cam York getting selected. And um, it was uh, quite a moment for Flyers fans. And the commentary on the video from the broadcast is really interesting as well to go back and hear what uh, the guys on TV were saying at the time. Um, yeah i was
1: at the draft so i don't even know that i don't know if yeah. i've ever seen that i'll have to yeah. check it out
0: always a ride uh that will do it for today's show thanks so much for listening of course we'll be back on monday with our nemesis of the week we'll have a new summer poll topic for you so keep an eye out for that as well as a reminder we always want to hear from you We're Going to do a mailbag on the Wednesday episode. So send in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail, plushing comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: Have a great day, everyone.